If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Change Physician, episode 117. Hey folks, welcome back to the Change Physician Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukara with my fabulous and amazing and stupendous co-host, Dr. Melissa Katie. And we have a very special treat for you today with our wonderful guests. This is um, Mr. Billy and Acacia Caterley. Did I get that yeah, correct? Good. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you for having us, Kevin. Thank All right. You. And, and um, just a little bit of background here is if you are a physician and you have been really challenged and we know with the with the state of healthcare, there's a lot of stress and a lot of burnout. And so there's a sort of desire to leave and there's a desire to kind of set up this financial independence. And what has been interesting to me, um, having gone through the materials, there's a lot of people who talk about this stuff. But what is fascinating about Billy and Acacia is not only do they talk about it, they've actually been doing it. And not only have they been doing it, but they're approaching their fourth decade of being financially independent and they are the definitive at retiring at the age of 38. So fabulous to have you on the podcast. I know the listeners are going to get out of this interview, but can you guys give us a little background about who you are and what started this journey for yourselves? We were young in our thirties in California and we were doing all the things that young Californians do, buying a house, working overtime, collecting our money, trying to get up the social ladder and so on. And um, we found ourselves uh, as passing ships in the night. It was a lot of stress. Um, we had a restaurant. Billy is a trained French chef. That's his first career. So we owned the restaurant together. And as you know, that's 24-7 pretty much, seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then um, his boss, I'm sorry, I'll back up. One of our customers recruited him to work for Dean Witter Reynolds. At that time, it was Dean River Reynolds. It's now it's Morgan Stanley, Dean Water. Right. And so what happened then is I was working nights, weekends, and holidays, and Billy began working Monday through Friday, getting off at one in the afternoon with all of his weekends off. And so that was that put even more stress on the relationship because he's having all this extra free time, you know, and I'm working. So just, I mean, there's more to the story than all of that. But what happened was we kind of hit a wall and Billy says, look, you know, why don't we just quit our jobs and travel the world? And I said, oh yeah, sure. No worries. We can do that. You know? So anyway, he, we took two years to do that. We uh, uh, tracked our spending and decided what we wanted to do with our time once we were without a paycheck and without a career to define ourselves and so on. And we took off from there. Now, you got to remember, this is before the internet and before all these blogs and our, our website was out there, whatever. So we were we were pretty much out on our own. And we were doing this on the back of an envelope. We kept doing back of the envelope computations. And, you know, we would have uh, discussions about it and, and sometimes high frequency discussions and and just trying to poke holes into it. What, what are we missing here? This. You know, we, we took a look at what we had, the assets that we had, and we said, well, if we just put it all into the market, you know, we can pretty much cover expenses and, and still have growth. 
And so that's what got us thinking about this. And we, we started knocking these ideas around and then, then, then all of a sudden we'd pick up a people magazine or something magazine. And we'd see this couple that's sailing, sailing in the, in the Pacific or in the Atlantic, you know, on a, on a cruiser. And it was like, well, they can do it. We can right, do it. Right. And so we, uh, you know, took, took note of our assets, what our, um, our net worth was at the time. And, uh, like I said, we took two years to plan this very diligently. We didn't just cut and run. And uh, the rest is history. Can I, can I ask a little bit about that two years, though? So there's a there's a time period where you're sort of tossing the idea back and forth. And you're like, mm -hmm. and, I, and it's very easy to do, right? You know, you know, the dreaming phase. Correct. When when did you set the two-year time frame? Was that dreaming phase part of the two years? Or did you suddenly said, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's start here and we'll look over the next two years and see whether it's feasible or was it just more like we're going to plan for two years and then do it i think a little bit of both you know you know you don't you don't do it until you do it so so you know you a lot of times a lot of people plan things and then they get derailed um but we were we were the first thing we did was okay how is this really going to work mathematically and financially and so we we started tracking all of our, all of our spending what we were spending just on ourselves we eliminated our home cost we eliminated our mortgage. We eliminated car payments. We eliminated car insurance. We eliminated wardrobe expenses, dry cleaning, lunches out, anything that had, was work-related. And we found out that we really were not spending very much on ourselves. Mm -hmm. That figure back then in 1991 was around 20000 U.S. dollars. And uh, you say that to a doctor, and you say, There's a, I spend that a month. Um, and I understand but, but you're not spending that on yourself. You're spending it on lavish parties and entertaining in your house and a second wife and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, look, I, I know physicians. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I used to manage their money. Um, so, so anyway, once we figured out that, that was a key component of the, of the equation was how much we were actually spending on ourselves at the lifestyle we were currently living. You know, Which we wasn't too bad. You know, know, it wasn't too bad living in Santa Cruz, California. Mm -hmm. And so... So uh, once we got that figured out, then then we, you know, started taking a look at the, the investment side of it. Now, yeah, we had equity in our home, which had we had to get that out at some point, and we couldn't just sell the cars and continue working. So we had to factor these things in, and and you know, it was a lot of discussions regarding uh, what we were going to do with our time after not working, where were we, where were we going to go, because um, we didn't want to stay in Santa Cruz, because we didn't want to just go to you know, give the house and then so rent someplace. That wasn't the plan. And, and our plan was to travel, mm -hmm. which is something both of us have done individually and together. And so we, um, after, this, after that two years, of, when we finally cut the cord, we moved to an island in the, in the Caribbean named Nevis. It's a 36 square mile island. And uh, besides uh, the beaches and diving and snorkeling, there isn't a whole lot to do there, which was perfect. Because, <laughs> because we wanted, I wanted to hit a wall. We're both look. We're both achievers, and we both like to get in, you know, involved in things. But I wanted to go someplace where nothing, you know. Down, I used to say down in Nevis, if you want a hamburger day, you better order it yesterday, because that's how slow things go. And so you know, that was, that was the first. That was the first six months right there. Wow. Um, before you uh, head out of that whole two-year planning, I'm curious, did you feel the need to have to have someone else help you with that, or did you just kind of go through the numbers yourselves? Um, like, did you have some kind of advisor or consultant? Well, I am the advisor. Yeah. So just from your own work, just from well, your yeah. own work. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but I, 
I, I, I've been gifted with mathematics. I, gotcha. just, I'm trying to be nice about it. Kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm not bragging. It just happens to come naturally to me. And, and, you know, when I started doing the numbers, and the, you start using exponential numbers to see the, what the future might look like. Sure. Um, you know, it was, all, it was all there. You know, I'm going to um, kind, of, kind of focus in on that a little bit. For, for those listeners who don't know, there's something that's known about the 4% withdrawal rate. And that came out of the Trinity study. But that Trinity study wasn't published, at least in my knowledge, until 1998. You guys are in 1991. Right. So, so where did you get your safe withdrawal numbers for? Was that just from your, from your mathematical brain? Or, I mean, did yes. you... So you're pre-study. You're basically pre-Trinity. Yes. What we did is, you know, I we like I said, once we figured out how much we were spending, and I used a a, a figure back then of around ten percent um, that we could generate off of our investments in the markets. So then I figured out, well, we're, you know, we're spending around. It just happened to be around four percent at the time. <laughs> and so uh, another way to to do that is to once you figure out how much you're spending, then multiply that number by twenty five. That's a backdoor way of getting to your 4% rule. And that tells you the amount of invested assets you need in order to create the 4% rule. Mm -hmm. So now you're, you're approaching, you're, you, you got this plan and you're, you're, you've been planning this for two years. Now it's time to, to basically pull the jump cord on this. What were your feelings? Like, Because this is another thing I think is always interesting. Is we always live in these daydreams. But then when you actually have to cross the threshold, all of those happy thoughts about, well, this is gonna be so great, all of a sudden the, all the negative thoughts pull in and they're like, well, sure. what if, what if, what if the bad, all that, you know, the human brain starts seeing all the negative things. So what was that transition like for you guys? Well, what happened was it wasn't all uh, uh, roses at the time. We, I went ahead and flew down to Nevis because Acacia had needed to finish up getting rid of our furniture and things of that sort out of the house. And, and, uh, and then, what happened, of all things, was the Gulf War One broke out. Well, I'm in Nevis, and she's in California. And go ahead, honey. Well, that's the thing, right, is it was difficult enough because we were on our own, and I trusted Billy completely with the numbers. But the hardest part was the emotional component of retirement. And so we, we had this plan to go to Nevis and just hit the wall and relax on the beach and not do a whole lot. And so we had a friend down on Nevis who was opening up the Four Seasons Resort, and we thought we'd help out a little bit with that just as a transition period. But like Billy said, the Gulf War broke out, and you know everybody was saying, don't travel, wait till the war is over. I'm going, wait till the war is over? I mean, when's that going to be, you know? And so it was, it was definitely like either go or not go. This is what's going to happen. And by that time, you know, I'd already quit my job. There was no furniture in the house. You know, what was I going to do? And so I just said, well, I'm going, you know, and so I got on the plane and I was down and that's how it started. That's exactly our first days of our retirement was like, you know, even a war couldn't keep us apart. You know, I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. And I was standing on the dock waiting for her when she, when yeah. she came up on the boat. Yeah. So how, how was it when you, you say you hit the wall and you didn't have all these, I, I guess I can just say expectations or uh, responsibilities. Some people I find, um, uh, people I've met that are patients or that, that they get to retirement and it, they don't, they don't like the quiet and all these expectations are used to fulfilling, give them a sense of meaning or purpose. What was, what was the transition like for you? Was it super easy or shift? Well, when there's nothing, when there's nothing, no opportunities, 
<laughs> you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on in Nevis. It was a Nevis is a very, very nice island in the Caribbean. Yeah, nine and, square miles. And and I, you know, I I accomplished a dream of mine that was to learn how to scuba dive. Oh. And and while I was there, like Acacia said, the Four Seasons Hotel opened up, and uh, there was only one dive instructor. We were pretty good friends by then, and so I was taking four people out, and he was taking four people out, so he could double his revenue. Huh? And I'm not even certified when I'm doing this. I mean, this is, you know, this is, <laughs> you know. We might need to edit that. <laughs> well, there's, share, there's sharing and then there's oversharing, you know. I think I mean, statues you know, run out. So, you know, we're only going down, we're only going down 28 feet. I mean, it's not that big a deal, but, uh, <laughs> but on the, for, for the first dive. And so, but it, it, it helped him out. And then I got to dive for free. And, and so that was kind of a well, let me just also say that at this time remember there's no there's no cell phones there's no mm -hmm. iphone there's no internet there's no um skype there's no amazon there's no uh wireless transfers that you can do on your phone there's no there's nothing no email nothing nothing right. nothing so and there's no forums or anything so like you know i read every book that was in the house cookbooks from from one end to the other you know what i'm saying yeah. i mean and uh, we walked everywhere we went to the beach we swam it was like a completely new definition of who we were and what we were going to do with our time. We knew that we were going to just go and just get the stress out. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, because there is that you have to have the capacity to to look for resources to keep yourself occupied versus like being bored and then feeling not happy with the boredom because you don't fill it. Right. right, but you know, there's no bad days at the beach. So I, all yeah. I need to do is go to the beach, and I and I'm good. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's hammer in on that though, because that is an important point. Because if you look at sort of mortality data again, where people uh, and granted they're not retiring at 38, so this would be often you know not in your situation. But a traditional retirement, people are returning retiring in the, in their late 60s or whatever. There's a, a steep drop off in mortality about six months after people retire. That's right. And part of that may be um, because of age, but there's <laughs> a lot of data about mental health and stress. And stress and retirement is a major distressor on the body. Correct. And so when you're now on Nevis, you, you are in the, I kind of like how you, you forced solitude where there's nothing to do pre internet. So like really nothing to do folks. Uh, like <laughs> really nothing. Remember that time period, not, yeah. not like my kids complaining that they're bored right. and they have 5,000 things they can stream. Um, did you, you know, you're getting used to everything, but we're using that time to sort of then plan out what this next phase of your life would be, or did you just, or, or as you've proceeded over the, the, the last three decades, has it been more of a spontaneous kind of adventure for you? It's been spontaneous. It's very recall. organic. Yeah, yeah, very organic. And we both knew that we wanted to travel the world. And just to complicate things, um, I'm directionally challenged. I'm not as, you know, as good at these things at all. And so like... <laughs> He wants to take me somewhere, I'm going, you know? So we went, we spent six months on those islands in the Caribbean and then we flew to Venezuela. No, we, we took a sailboat south. Oh yes, we took a sailboat. Down to Grenada. <laughs> and then from Grenada, we flew to Venezuela. Well, I got that part right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the sailboat. That's real important though. Well, it's nice because it it's a 256 foot sailboat. Yeah, and, uh, we knew the captain. We knew the captain, I managed the captain's money. Wow. And, and so he came into Nevis every, the first Wednesday of every month. And uh, and so I met him at the dock and I said, Paul, listen, uh, we're ready to get off the rock. Can we uh, 
can we sail south with you? And he says, well, I'm full. And I said, we'll sleep up on deck. It's okay. I mean, just store our gear down below. And because there's nice matches up there to lay out and sunbathe and whatever. Well, we did that for two nights and he felt guilty and he gave us the captain's quarters. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we were. <laughs> so, so we sailed a couple of weeks down to Grenada and, uh, and then we got off the boat there and, uh, or the ship, I should say. And, uh, and then we said we flew over to Caracas, Venezuela, and we ran around there a bit and made it up to the coast to the Ile de Margarita, which is a very popular island off the coast of Venezuela. Um, and I thought we were back in the States. I mean, it was so modern there. Mm -hmm. So then from there, we flew back to the States and we eventually bought a fifth wheel trailer. Huh. And we traveled the Western States a couple times, a couple loops through all the Western States. And it's just a real organic. Yeah, you know, I was up for anything, and no. we like moving. We like being on the move. You know, we like new experiences, and we're, we've always been a little bit outside the box. It's a little bit uh, self-motivated and self, you know, that kind of thing. So we, we never really quite fit anyway. So if we're outside the box. We're more comfortable there anyway. Yes, yes. So you know. And as we've aged, now we've got a saying that we just try to make it to Friday. Yeah, right. so that, that's our long-term you know, goal. That's right long-term planning, and like we got to start over today's Saturday. Oh my gosh, so we got a whole other week to get through. <laughs> so, so I'm assuming a minimalist kind of uh, possessions when it comes to traveling, or do you have like a, a place where you keep things, or how how do you how do you move well, about that what you do? That kind of happened organically as well, because remember at that time, we were both doing businesses. We, we had this beautiful home a quarter mile from the beach. We had house cleaners and gardeners, and you know we, we had lavish parties and were entertained with wines from the Napa Valley. We're in California, you know? And you know, I had summer clothes and winter clothes and layering clothes and the <laughs> nail polish. And, you know, so like paring down was a necessity because if I, if I wanted it, I had to carry it. Well, it got heavy real fast mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of how that was in the first couple of years we did have some stuff in storage you know in case we wanted to go back to work well that just <laughs> I would not do that again I would definitely not recommend that either you're in or you're out get rid of the clothes yeah, by, you know by the time I mean? by the time we went back to clean it out we could have bought the stuff twice you know yeah exactly for what we paid you for know? rent it's just not worth it but it was it was like a blanket, a, a you know baby blanket for us, a security blanket for us. And one one other thing we do is when we travel, like like we try to set up a base. Like Chapala is one of our bases, and then there's a town, a place in Guatemala called Panajachel, Guatemala. It's on Lake Atitlan. That's another one of our bases. And then we we base out of Chiang Mai, Thailand as well. And we leave things at these places, and we usually store them at a hotel that we're staying at or some place, you know, friends or whatever. And if we come back, I mean, nothing really valuable, you know, it's like, uh, uh, like uh, tennis gear, tennis rackets and things that we've bought over there or whatever down there. And so if it gets gone, if it's gone, if they clean out and throw things away, it's not a hardship, but, but it's nice to come back and have a starter box um, to get set up at these places. Sure. Um, are these like condos or like, you know, standalone homes? What, what kind of place are you saying for bases? Hotels, 
Well, you know, things yeah. have really opened up a lot for housing on the road than when we first started. Sure. Like you, now, you can. There's a part of hotels. There's Airbnb. You can. We always rented a hotel by the month. By the month, and mm -hmm. so you have nowadays. You have internet. You've got maid service. You've got you know all utilities are paid. You got a TV or whatever. And and these days you have Wi-Fi and so on. And so we just get a monthly rate. And you know sometimes you have the greatest view. You're located right in town. You don't need a car. You know. I'm saying, but mm -hmm. but like now people house sit or they exchange homes or there's all kinds Airbnb. of things to do, right? Airbnb. Yeah. yeah, but what you know, when you're staying in these places for a month or maybe like like we've stayed in, in Chiang Mai, Thailand for a year in a place already, you know, you get to know the owners and um, you know, you, you say, Hey, can I have you got some I know you got a storage cabinet here, can I throw some gear in there? You know, get it when I come back. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's not a problem, never been a problem. Yeah, you know, that's great. Well, so, that, that brings up a, because I'm sure people are terrified about what your expenses are in retirement. Like, because people hear travel and they're like, oh my God, travel is so expensive. But have you, have you then with, with these month long uh, hotel stays and things, are you, what, what are you finding on the parity level when it comes to spending? Are you finding you're spending more in retirement than you expect or are you spending less in retirement than you expected? I, I think less. I mean, we, you know, back to the 4%, we're, we're not even, we're, we're not even near scratching that thing anymore. Um, uh, so I think I think as you get better at this trade, your expenses go down. Like when we say travel now, we're not we're not you know doing a one day stop in this place, one flying here, flying there. No, it's it's we land and we settle in. Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's vacationing and then there's travel. Yeah, there's vacationing and there's travel. Big difference. Big difference. Yes, you know? I love that. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, we have actually stayed at the Four Seasons or stayed at a high-class hotel. And, you know, we, we do all of that. That's called a vacation. But our lifestyle is one of travel. And so, you know, basically right now where you are, you're spending so much money for food and lodging and entertainment anyway. Well, if you go someplace else, you've got you know what I'm saying? You, same right. You've got the same amount of spending and it, there's, it's your personal infrastructure. We call it the personal infrastructure. And if your personal infrastructure is huge, then you're paying a lot of money for just peripheral things. And we, there's four categories of highest spending in any household. And that's your housing, which is the number one hugest expenditure in anyone's household. And then there's transportation. And then there's your tax arrangements. And then there's uh, food, dining, and entertainment. So if you can modify any of those categories, you have extra money to spend elsewhere. That's great. And then, and then that brings up the second part, because a lot of the areas that you've been you've been traveling to and living, uh, you're doing a lot of geo arbitrage, and you got the obviously better spending rates and things. But right. then there, then there's the language. So are you guys? You're right now in Mexico. Do you guys speak Spanish, or do you are you? like embedding yourself and learning the languages say when you go to thailand are you learning some thai or or how sure. do you do that's how we do it because we, we want to get out of the out of the tourist hubs into the countryside whatever as best we can mm -hmm. and mexico we've gotten pretty good at spanish we figure i figure i speak about a four or five fifth grade level oh. fourth or fifth grade level um the kids all understand me you know <laughs> if i go to if i go to guadalajara or or like mexico city it's it's they see a guy blonde hair blue eyes spanish coming out of their mouth and it just doesn't, it doesn't compute. Yeah. So, 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 you know, it's like, it's a difference of being from Louisiana and going to New York city, you know, mm -hmm. there's accent. Mm -hmm. And so all these places have accents. Sure. Ty's a little harder language, but uh, we got to where we could travel on our own. 
We can get hotels. We can order food. We can uh, talk to taxi drivers, and you know, we can't talk, can't discuss uh, uh, science projects with somebody, but uh, you know, we can get our point across. Yeah, you know, I was I was wondering on um, how you decide. I know everything's very organic, but what is usually the draw? Like, is it a financial, um, like maybe a lower cost of living? trying to find a place like that, it kind of keeps it under a certain level or is it more of just a curiosity or the arts or the beaches or what is it that usually draws you to the next place? Uh, well, that could be a variety of things actually. Um, we, Billy is the chef, we used to have a restaurant right. as you know. And so sometimes we go because the food is so good. We want to try <laughs> out the food, you know, which is for us just a normal thing. And so, and other times, you know, my major in college was anthropology. So I love the local, mm -hmm. the hill tribes and the indigenous and that kind of thing. And um, when we were younger, we did a whole lot of stuff like athletic things, you know, so like maybe we wanted to climb that mountain or cross that river or whatever it was, you see. So we're just kind of hanging out. Like Billy said, we have a, a, a home base, like in Chiang Mai, that was our home base in Thailand. And then we'd go to Australia, we'd go to New Zealand, we'd go to Laos, we'd go to Burma, we'd go, you know, these different places, and then we'd come back. And uh, and that's where the geo, geo arbitrage comes in. Right. Because, you know, when we're in Australia, we're, we're spending a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's a high, high priced place in New Zealand as well. Mm -hmm. But then we come back to Thailand and we, you know, we sit there for a few, two or three months and now, now our, our numbers are back in line. Right. But because we track our spending like any business would, right. you know, in your case, your doctors who are running offices better know what is going out as far as payroll and expenses or whatever, you know, right. it's something you do every day. And yeah. so that's what we, we modeled our lifestyle off of businesses. There was no word geo arbitrage at the time. No, there was no, no that there was word. Nothing like that. Yeah. It was common sense to me. Yeah. Common sense. Yeah. It, you know. I'm curious if there was like, and I know uh, Kevin's got a million questions. I don't want to steal from him, but if there was, if there's one thing like on the tip of your brain, that's like, I wish people that don't do what we do. I wish there's this one thing they would understand. What would that be? The effects of compounding. Mm, yeah, nice. that's a good one. That's a good one. I would have said something along the line of freedom. You know, the world is a huge place filled with wonderful people and gorgeous scenery. And, you know, go, if you can go, go, go and see it. It changes your mind, your perspective, the way you interact with the rest of who you're going to be tomorrow. You know, and you know, compound interest that helps a lot. Of course, yeah, really. You know, the 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 finances is important for this thing, and uh, you know, and so thirty years of our of us having money invested, uh, you know, it's done pretty well in the markets. So, you know, it just keeps growing exponentially. Meanwhile, our our expenses have not increased very much, and you know. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So I got a question then about. Um, so you have a lot of experience with this. I know there's a community, and you have you've you've tied together people who've again been doing this for a long time, decades in many situations. Right. Have you ever seen somebody who who's who's kind of pulled that jump cord and and jumped and then maybe didn't transition well? And if they if they didn't, what do you think that what do you think it was like the key factors that you would say were were the struggles that they were experiencing? I would say that some people do not know who they are without a job. 
or a career. They, uh, a couple that I'm considering right in my mind right now, um, she wanted to pursue more. There was something inside of her. Her self-esteem was related to the title and the amount of money she made. And she wanted and needed to achieve that you know, before she could let it go. And, and uh, her husband was a lot more kickback and self-entertaining and, you know, that sort of thing. But she herself needed something more societally recognized. And that was their built, that was their stumbling block. So they, they quit retirement and went back to work. I think, I think couples probably struggle with this more than individuals do though. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you gotta be on the same page with this. Yeah. You know, if one person doesn't want to travel and is a big spender, well, it's just not going to work too well, I don't yeah. think. But so, we have met couples, though, yeah. like the guy the guy who wants to garden and, yeah. and grow his roses and feed the dog that, you know, he's got, they've got two dogs that are a part of the family and are, are bred well and that kind of thing. And the wife wants to travel. And so what they do these days, especially she goes off and you've got, um, zoom and whatsapp and all the apps and stuff you take pictures and email and then you can skype online or whatever and and so she's brought him into her world and meanwhile he's been stable and he keeps their world intact and so they she gets what she needs and he gets what he needs there's not one size that fits all definitely not mm -hmm. wow definitely not. yeah you know being being physicians i mean you guys are pretty regulated uh, regulated and uh, regimented i should say you know, in your in your position, your jobs, and and this is this is like there's no rails, you know, you know you there's a blank canvas, mm -hmm. and you get to create the future. It's up to you how you want to pursue that. There's nobody else going to do it for you. Right. Now, if you have if you're married and you, you got a spouse, and that that helps, and as long as you're on the same page, like I mentioned. But uh, mm -hmm. no, it's it's your time to shine. It's your time to be uh, uh, to step out of the box and do something different. And you get off that truck, get off the rails that you're being uh, confined to. And you can redefine yourself. And yes. There's mentoring and there's volunteering. And my gosh, the doctors around the world, there's people that go to these communities and do the cleft palates or dentists that come in and actually give people teeth, you know, or fix the ones left that they have. There's so much or um, distributing medicines or doing healthcare or whatever. There's so much to be done from yeah. people with your skill levels. I mean, yeah. you're really needed around the world. Yeah, well, the podcast, I think, is centered. Were you going to say something, Kevin? Oh, go ahead. I would say that, you know, this podcast, obviously, is very centered around trying to inspire physicians to, uh, or anyone that wants to listen, not just physicians, but about the possibility of change and that um, despite, like, those rigid things that you're speaking of, that the, the system, you don't have to be 100% in the system. You can either be all the way out, you could have one foot in, one foot out, but create something that is more of who you are. If you realize that it's not just about being a physician, it's other things that can bring you joy and, and meaning. And, um, and it's having some faith and, and, you know, it's good. It's not going to be comfortable. No, you know, there, you, there's going to be some fears involved with when oh, you're sure. doing this stuff. All of a sudden you got a steady job where you get paid big money every, every week or month. And all of a sudden that check's not there next Friday. And it's like, Oh, you know, now what? And, and so there's, you got to have some faith that, that, that you've been able to manage your finances through 30 years or whatever. Or your and, time, manage your time. And manage your time, right. And so, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, Kevin and I, we haven't really said a lot about us, but we've gone through major shifts ourselves. Um, 
I don't know if, awesome. Kevin, if you want to say anything about that, but I know you've got a question <laughs> brewing. Well, it, it's, a, it's a recurring theme that comes through what yeah. we're talking about is um, if you look at the microcosm of sort of the physician space where it's becoming ultra and ultra and ultra more regimented and you're having all these external factors tell you what you're supposed to be doing. And, and so physicians in general, I think are getting burned out, but I think in society in a lot of ways are, are, we're, we're being told on the outside, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, like you mentioned Acacia early on, like when you were in, in California in the eighties and in nineties, mm-hmm. um, you were these expectations, you had to have the big house and blah, blah, blah. And, and so once you have, if, kind of cleave that off and recognize, well, what is important to me? It sounds like that's really allows you to, you know, once you, you know, people call your why or whatever, and you recognize, well, what's important, the experience or the thing. And then with, with Billy's mathematical ability, where you're looking at, at that compound interest, and then you can kind of start intentionally designing things. Um, it just seems to make something like this, again, we're talking about specifically for physicians, but this is really about specifically for anybody out there because these sure. themes of uncomfortableness and fear and, and uncertainty are going to come up over and over again. Uh, so we've heard all the great stuff. <laughs> were there any times that you guys maybe had something where you're like, well, what questioning your decision or, or maybe you had some struggles that, uh, that we sort of gloss over when everything can, continues to go well? Well, 2007 and 8, when the uh, real estate market collapsed, you know, that put a pretty good dent in our, in our finances pretty quick, mm-hmm. and as, as it did with everyone else. And so we, we questioned whether or not uh, we could, you know, survive it, um, and we obviously did. But, um, uh, you know, we, we brought up the fact of try, possibly going back to work or seeing what we could do to generate some cash or whatever, and... Um, but it got to the point where it was it cost us more to, to fire up that machine than it was to continue what we're doing. Because mm-hmm. you know you got the cost. There's a cost of working, and that's uh, wardrobes and car and et cetera, et cetera. And so we we just hunkered down and, and, and made it through. Since then, what we did is we just raised our cash level. And mm-hmm. so now, if there's a downturn, we can just uh, we got plenty of years of cash that we can draw from and not affect our portfolio. Hmm. I'd like to say that in the beginning, um, the and I mentioned the, the emotional component of retirement for us, or at least for me, that was the hardest part. Um, my family lived in town. We were close to the, the ocean. I had the house of my dreams. You know, I had friends, that kind of stuff. I had a dog and a garden, all that kind of thing. And there was nobody doing what we were doing. And of course, my mom was just horrified. And my dad was secretly jealous, you know what I mean? But but the point is, nobody was doing what we were doing, and there was no guarantee, not that we were guarantee-oriented people were not. We know there is no guarantee. But um, there was no camaraderie either. There was nobody to talk to. You know, at times we wondered, or I wondered, you know, gee whiz, what are we doing? But I never second-guessed our decision. I just had to deal with those emotions of the disapproval or the lack of understanding or the judgment or, you know, feeling like there's nobody I can talk to about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas today there's forums and there's other people you can... And that's one reason why we have a mentors program is is so that people can can talk to us who've, who've been out here doing this for decades and and that um, try to try to uh, alleviate their fears a little bit and because it's just natural I mean it's yeah. you're doing something different you know and your peers aren't gonna support you you know when we back to that two-year period we did not tell any we did not tell our parents 
we told our parents on the, I went in and gave my boss two week notice. That's what we told our parents. Because they would have just said, no, you can't do it. No, I don't want you to do it. It's not going to be possible. You'll fail. Once we told our friends, it was like, you'll be back in three weeks. Yeah. Have, have fun on your vacation. Yeah, right. You know? We didn't want or need that negativity input. No, 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 no. We were on our own. We knew we were on our own. We chose to do this and nobody was going to hold us back. You know, that's, yeah. that's crazy. As a parent... I'm, you know, I, I'm like, oh my God, uh, that, that would horrify me. If my I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. My as mother a, was not happy. <laughs> but as a child, or I should say is, is, you know, not with, when you don't have that, that relationship anymore, I can understand extremely why, because people can become so negative, yes. not because they're awful people, but because they care. And that negativity can significantly have a huge impact on the individual. So I, I, I'm just, that was an amazing decision, you guys. To, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what we found is that we, we challenged their belief systems. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, know nobody retires at 38. You don't retire at 48. <laughs> you, know, you, you work all your life until and, you uh, die. Until you die. <laughs> and, and this, this, it, it just, it, I think it woke them up to there's, there's another way to, to live. Mm-hmm. But it also, the, their way of, of reacting was to put us down, tell us we couldn't do it, the negativity. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, we both come from very hardworking families. Billy and I love to work still today. We are productive. We, Billy has always got a project going. We've done a lot of volunteer work all over the world. And, and, you know, we like a challenge. And so I never once thought I'd be bored. Never once thought I wouldn't know what to do with my time. I mean, between learning this, that, the other, and so on and so forth. I mean, I I wish I didn't have to sleep so much, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, at, uh, there's just the world needs people who are willing to to move to take an action to direct to guide to teach to mentor they need people like this I'm, i can only imagine what the explorers of the of years past uh, lewis were, and clark when they went out on their own like Columbus, that, what, you know what what their families say don't go yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the world's flat oh no <laughs> i'm sure they did yeah you know i'm sure they did we were saying that you know we wake up in the morning with nothing to do and at the end of the day, we've only got half of it done. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty much the way our lives are. Yeah. It, through the day, we just get, get occupied, get busy with something. And, you know. yeah, we like to build community. You know, it's, uh, the world's a great place. Yes. Yeah. And, and that kind of brings me, I, I know we're, uh, I don't want to take up too, too much of your time here, but that to me was another interesting part of this community aspect, because you're leaving a set of friends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. how how did you approach I mean, and i gotta you guys seem very extroverted in a lot of ways so if you're if if you're if, if someone's an introvert pop it out because i i'm more introverted we're both are. We both are. you're both introverts we yes. are. We really no way are. yes we are. oh holy smokes so then how do you build those communities then with well you know? uh, we had to get out of our shell we had when we wrote our first book it was like well we got to sell it that's the whole point of writing this thing. And that's, we had to crack that egg and put ourselves out there in the public public view. And so that's that's what started that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since then, and then traveling really opens you up to strangers because you've always got stories to tell and, 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 and experiences to swap and things of that sort. Next thing you know, your friends, you know, especially with today's communication. Mm-hmm. And so- 
And yeah. there's always somebody that's in need, somebody that needs help. You can always volunteer, whether it's to, you know, wash dogs or take care of dogs or help somebody garden or whatever. I mean, there's always need. And then you you help somebody and then you become a friend. Or but, be, but we're really whatever. private people. We, we really are. appreciate our privacy. And yes. uh, there's times when we just want to get away on our own someplace, not tell anybody. Yes. Yeah, it, it seems like you both mentioned challenge, um, and I think being introverts, you, you're challenging yourself to be more extroverted, and uh, mm -hmm. it's I think it, I think I think it's just amazing what what you're doing and and the awareness you have for the even processing the emotions ahead of time and knowing the things that you the, like the potential objections and the obstacles yeah. that could arise. Like you're very intentional, and well, I think we don't look at it. You know, we don't look at them like obstacles that could arise. We know Challenges. we know things things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right, so, we know we're going to be so, judged. So, we know so, people. <laughs> we know it. So, so, so but, but you know, the Marines, I think, have a saying: improvise and adapt and overcome. Overcome. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what we do. You know, and like the financial crisis that we've been through, we've been through the '87, the '91, the Y2K, 2007, eight. You know, yeah. you figure it out. Yeah, and right. you know we're getting better at figuring it out. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, but but to just make a point, there has to be a certain level of resourcefulness and belief in yourself that you're yes. capable of overcoming. Yes, yes. it comes from the heart. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, and, and the great cognitive. Yes, it, yes, most definitely. And you yep. you're willing to to just learn as you go if you have to. Exactly. That's right. If we yeah. wait till something's perfect, like our first book, even it never would have happened. If no. we would have waited for the perfect time to retire, I mean, in the middle of the Gulf War just started. It's never the perfect time ever. I mean, if somebody wants to have a child, is it perfect? Is it perfect? No, never. Yeah. You know, and people take chances all the time, but they couch it in, in a language they understand. And like marriage is, you know, 50 50. You know what I'm saying? Well, would you invest in something that's 50-50? <laughs> Not <laughs> really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. want Everybody wants so, that guarantee. Yeah, so, you know, people take chances all the time. Yeah. I, I love that. That's a great quote. You know, people take chances all the time. They just they just couch it in terms they understand. And that's I think right. that's really true. And, uh, yeah, you just hit me in my heart with that one. Oh, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So I'm, uh, again, I really appreciate your time, but I have one last question here, unless Melissa has any more. Go ahead. This would be, you hid this for two years from all those friends and family. Correct. Now you're 30 years later. What are your, what are your friends saying about you now? They're all dead. Talk to them. <laughs> oh no. Well, a lot of... <laughs> I'm really kidding, guys. It's <laughs> horrible. No, oh, well, a couple of them are dead. Well, a couple our, of them are divorced. Our, our parents have been have deceased. Right. So, you know, that's one other thing that we, we discovered in this journey is that we were both able to do end-of-life care for both yes. all of our parents. Wow. And I'm telling you, that you talked about something that was rewarding. You know, we didn't have... I, we've got siblings, and they all had to work. Mm -hmm. We could be there twenty four seven. Wow, that's where and, we wanted to be, and that's what we wanted to do. Right, and so I'm right. telling you, it was nothing more rewarding than that's doing that right. for your for your parents. Well, and some of our like some of our friends that that said, "Well, we'll be back, wanting to go back to work and such." They are just now retiring. retiring. Yes, just now, 
And so like, I think, you know, we're 68. If I was going to start now jumping in the back of a truck, you know, crossing that river and throwing the backpack over when I haven't carried anything heavy like that for all those years I was working. I mean, I don't think my body could take it. Right. They're just now. And then what happened? COVID broke out, right? right? So they can't travel. So they can't, they can't travel. go anywhere, right? <laughs> and we're thinking, we had 30 years of this. We saw the world, you know, we didn't have to wait for no stupid stinking COVID to today, tell us we can't go. <laughs> today, our backpack has more anti-inflammatories in it than this clothes. <laughs> yes, it does. Anti-inflammatory. This pain aid, that pain aid. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, one thing I got to tell you, uh, uh, U.S. medicine versus uh, other countries, yeah. is we've had some tremendous experiences with using medical, what's called medical tourism. Mm -hmm. And and I can just tell you that uh, here in Chapala, I can go to a doctor and he's not going to tell me to get up and leave. I'll be in his office as long as I need to be in that office. Mm -hmm. And and he, he, he's, you know, Latins are pretty laid back in general. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they just don't push you out. Like in, I know in the U.S., you guys are seven minutes or 12 minutes and next and next and next. No. And you see them on the street and they'll stop you and ask you how you're doing. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, they give us, they all give us their personal cell numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a different system that we really, really like it. You know, you, I, I can go, I can walk into a cardiologist this afternoon and go in and get seen if I need to. It's, yeah. I don't need to go to a specialist. I mean, I don't need to go to a primary doctor to get us to get an okay to go see a specialist. There's no PPO. There's no Nothing. HMO. There's... You know? Yeah. That, and that brings up, that brings up a whole new set of questions is uh, the healthcare thing, oh, right? Yeah, because right. you, you retire at age 38 and then, um, you, know, you know, when people, I'm, I'm looking at the transition probably because I've gone through the transition, you're thinking, well, first the money, first is expenses, what am I going to do? And then the, the other objection you have is, well, what about healthcare? Like, and most of us That's are extraordinarily thing. healthy anyway, right. but you're always got in the back of mind because we know how bad the system is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you don't mind, would you kind of what was that healthcare transition then for you? Because at 38, you're you're obviously not calling for Medicare. You are either going to have to buy something on the open market, and again, that's 1991, so that's pre-exchange. What did you do to navigate that in those early years? Well, I I actually met Billy and Nevis thinking I was covered that my my I extended my employer health insurance to cover me for the next few months or something, uh, and found out three months later I had been. <gasps> uncovered with health insurance i was and naked, she, and, she naked. Survived. <laughs> and i made it three months i made it three months right and um you know i grew up in a family where you know my mom was ill off and on so health insurance was a big deal you had to have it and so we did have a u.s-based health insurance policy for 10 or 15 years or something with a high deductible high deductible mm -hmm. the biggest deductible we could get at any time and then we found out that overall we were spending more time outside the U.S. than inside the U.S., and we were getting care outside of the U.S. Um, at a fraction. At a fraction of the cost, including medical emergency care. You know, colonoscopies. I almost lost my finger. It was degloved. You know, Billy's had his heart issues, uh, tests and such, you know, and, and um, all those things. And we received very good care, all paid out of pocket. You know, because the pricing is so reasonable and, and the necessary painkillers or whatever one needs after an operation, you know, that kind of thing. And so eventually the, we did actually go naked. That's what it's called in the community. You go naked of a, of a U.S. health insurance policy. We and, are not covered now. No, I, Medicare. Medicare, but that's only good in the U.S., as you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we here in Mexico, we're not covered. Um, 
and uh, but we just go and pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it cost me. Oh, sorry. It cost me thirty. It cost me thirty dollars to go see the cardiologist. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, and I had that. Uh, include, excuse me. That includes the EKG. Yeah. Wow. It it just blows my mind. I have a friend um, who sort of stumbled. They they didn't necessarily retire, but they traveled a lot, like uh, after college, and so they've been doing a lot of the things that you've been talking about. But they do it. I mean, she ended up. She lives in Colombia now with her with her husband, but. Uh, I would always hear her stories about healthcare in other countries. And it was always remarkable to me is the fact that people get great coverage in other countries. And we sit here in this country. Oh my God, no one's, you don't have healthcare. Well, you're not covered here. Like you you can have the best policy in the world and you're still paying out the nose if something goes wrong. So um, yeah, I just, it's, so it's good to hear these stories and and good to hear it and emphasize again, you can do this and these fears again that we, we, we create in our brains Right. are not necessarily based in reality and most doctors that we have found speak english mm-hmm. the nurses maybe maybe not but most, almost 100 percent of the doctors that we've encountered speak english one of the things we try to do on our website is to offer people options you know like there's not just one way to do something no one size fits all and as uh, those categories that i mentioned to you earlier housing transportation taxes and dining and food entertainment we um try to get people you can try this, you can try that, there is this, you can put these two together. I mean, options. And, you know, everybody wants to have like a fallback plan or a net underneath the high wire. Sure, that's just normal. You know, I get that. And the options are what those are. They give you something else you can choose from, a whole array of things you can choose from. Yeah. You know, I, I look at it as, uh, you know, people all over the world have a head, two arms, two legs. And, and so there's doctors all over the world to treat those things, you know, and, and, and for, I'm not trying to put your profession down, but to think no. that the U.S. has got the greatest health care in the world, to me, is not true. No. I mean, I, I, well, I've experienced this stuff in other countries and, um, yeah. you know, and it, because I, what the, the quality, the care in the U.S., the quality is good. The word care has been taken out, in my opinion, <laughs> because it's so much uh, financially oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, sure. You know, one guy, but I, I see here where they actually do care. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they'll, they'll, they'll not run, talk to you on the street and ask you, how you doing? Are you, you know, feeling better or, you know, maybe, I, maybe you need to come into the office again or something like that. Do you know that in the hospitals, they have separate rooms for the family to stay? So like you're in there getting um, a kidney stone or taken out or maybe you have this or that or you know your thyroid something something and so there's a couch and a bed and a pull-out bed and then extra chairs so that the family can stay overnight with you so yes. you're not scared yes. you know yes. Yes. family family that's one thing with families really important in these latin countries yeah. it's real it's that, that nucleus has not been broken here yeah that's awesome so, hey kevin i had one last question before unless you, you have another one but no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just curious. Um, when you brought up these other places, medical care, um, it, suddenly I was thinking, are are you all just with a U.S. passport and or like citizenship wise, passport wise, and where you pay your taxes? Like, how is that if you're not living in the U.S. most of the time? Okay. First of all, being a U.S. citizen, which we still are, we don't we, mm-hmm. we don't want to give up our citizenship. Right. You're required to pay U.S. taxes, mm-hmm. no matter where you are in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a requirement. As far as uh, passport, yes, we hold a U.S. passport, and we treasure, treasure that very much. And but we also became within the last two or three years, we became resident, permanent residents of Mexico. Mm. 
And so now we don't have to, when we enter the country, we don't have to show a passport. We can show them our permanent card, which called a green card mm. and that kind of things. And uh, uh, so that's what we've done. But tax wise, you're not going to, you're not going to escape U.S. taxes. We still have to file <laughs> and um, and pay. You know, because our our we want our assets dollar based, because I still believe that the U.S. dollar is the strongest currency in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's something people don't always think about. That you know, this is no, you're right. A lot of people think that if you live outside the U.S., you don't pay U.S. taxes. Well, that's a fallacy. You can try it. <laughs> they may, may not want to come back then after that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they'll attach your accounts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, really, really appreciate you guys' time today. And I want to make sure, because you have a, a ton of resources, but would you mind t- talking about your internet home base so that mm-hmm. people can find your resources and discover more about you? And because we've literally only touched a very small topic, uh, a little little bits of, of what you have on your website. Could Would you mind telling the listeners about that and your resources? Yeah, it's called retireearlylifestyle.com, all one word, retireearlylifestyle.com. And if they go there, they can see uh, we have many interesting articles that we've written and interviews of other expats that we've done, expat and early retirees that we've done, uh, places that we've traveled to and restaurant tips. We have a yeah. bookstore and a mentors uh, program and a free newsletter. And we answer them any email. If you have questions, you can email us um, at the guide at retireearlylifestyle.com. And we'll answer you. The guide, G U I D E. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I again, I got to thank you guys so much here because thanks um, for having us. It, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And I just love, I, I love the longevity, you know. Yeah. This, you, and, and so when people have questions, I encourage them to reach out to you. Uh, certainly talk to people who've done it. And, and I can't think of a more challenging environment because like you said, pre-internet, we have, like right now we're, we're such crybabies talking about not having resources. <laughs> oh, I know. When it goes yeah. down, we all freak out. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is this is insane. Like when people can't, I mean, the, the resources that we have now to do what you guys did before that and then to gone through, like you said, the financial struggles, just absolutely amazing and, and a wonderful story. So unless you have anything else, Melissa, why don't you take us out? I will Excuse me, I'll give you. One quick, yeah. one quick yeah. story. Uh, recently, yeah. Acacia was in the States and I was down at the beach and we try to keep in touch every day. We, t- we have conversations every day early in the morning just to get any business that we need to take care of it done. Anyway, I get down to the beach and what happens? There's no power and there's no cell, cell service. I'm, I'm, you know, there's nothing going on. I can't communicate with her whatsoever. And I know she's expecting me to check in to let me know that I made it okay. And I mean, I'm just going, man, I, I'm sorry. I just, there's nothing I can do, but that's, that, that's how dependent we've become on, this, <laughs> on these crazy things, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, when, there's, when the cell tower goes down, that's bad. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can handle the power, but when the cell tower goes out, oh. Yeah. So what I do, I, I went to the beach and had some beers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've all become spoiled with all these uh, wonderful amenities that we have. But, you know, I just I want to thank you both, Billy and Keisha, all the things you've been doing the last 30 plus years to create the story that we're sharing today. I think what you've done to to just not just the as as Kevin was saying, there's so much information out there, but to actually witness uh, a couple who's done this, but also is open uh, to discuss about the challenges and the emotions and mm-hmm. the things that keep us 
despite the information from pursuing yeah. and actually moving forward with a lifestyle like that. I, I just want to commend both of you for doing such an amazing job that so thank many you. of us admire. Thank <laughs> so. you so well, thank much. Thank you very much. You're very, very kind. kind. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely put the notes of, of where people can find you. And for those of you listening out there, I'm Melissa Katie, the Challenge Doctor with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, and of course, our lovely guests, Acacia and Billy, who have joined us today. And if you don't know what the Change Physician is all about, you can go to thechangephysician.com and sign up, whether you're a physician or a physician ally. We'd love to see you there. And of course, you can always check out all of our episodes on all the wonderful podcast locations. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.